Hello, and welcome to um, Galut Radio. Galut in Hebrew means exile. And when you're in exile, you're cut off from your people. And uh, so it is, we all find ourselves in exile. And uh, at this moment, because of this plague of uh, going, uh, this worldwide plague, this pandemic, which has made us all, you know, uh, kind of nervous. I must admit that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know uh, my name is David, by the way, and I'm a writer. And I find it very difficult to write during this time. Be And I really find it uh, very difficult to pray. I have been, uh, I, I like the Hebrew prayers. I've been praying like that for 50 years. But I find it very difficult to pray, to study, because in order to do these things, uh, you know, you really have to let go and open yourself up. And I find myself, thankfully, alive here in L.A. And, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's one of these places where we're expecting uh you know, could easily become one of these hot spots, uh, God forbid. And uh, and people are really taking this, you know, I think pretty seriously and stuff, should be. And, but I thought in the middle, you know, in the midst of all this, and so sort of the idea of a Galut radio is that uh, 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 in the idea of Galut, in Hebrew, the way that it's written, if one were to add an aleph, it makes it gula, uh, redemption. And, and so the whole idea of this broadcast is just trying to bring some light uh, into the exile and, uh, and to see the, um, you know, what's going on. And, you know, we're just all watching history unfold day by day, and we all can see it. Uh, and it's interesting, one of the, you know, the prophecies about this time, these are, you know, uh, are obviously the end of days, that everyone will know everything at one moment. And we've really achieved that, uh, you know, uh, electronically, uh, that we're all tied together as one, which is really the truth. And I think one of, you know, the problems and of why we're all, uh, you know, very nervous and feeling everybody's anxiety around us, uh, you know, has to do with the way that we understand ourselves on the earth. And, you know, whether we're, we really feel a part of the earth or we feel like sort of an alien, you know, on the earth, where the earth is um, uh, doing what it's doing and we have nothing to say about it. I mean, we can try to protect ourselves and use our technology and all our understanding, but but to really, um, uh, you know, we, we don't really feel organic with the world. You know, and part is that we're, you know, we're very different from everything that we see around us because everything, you know, we see around us adds an easier time to live and die. Just uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just instinctual. 
where the human being, we are different from all uh, other life forms in that we can articulate thoughts and transmit them uh, through words in many languages. And this is what's unique about the human being. And it allows us to go beyond uh, what is instinctual. And this is what we call freedom of choice. And uh, this is what every human being is born with, to try to look at creation and look at the world around them and have their own choice and how they want to tread their path uh, through the world. And of course, the world is a very uh, dark place and there's a lot of dangers in the world and people, uh, you know, uh, are, are not often real and true about what they say. They say one thing with their mouths, but they have another thing hidden in their hearts. And as a result of this, you know, the world can be swayed towards a, um, uh, you know, you know, on an errant path. And, and that's one of the reasons why in the Torah, and, you know, Torah is the name for all the Jewish teachings. And the word Torah uh, means teaching. And those who would translate the words of the Torah as a testament are really missing the whole point. Because a testament doesn't allow for questions. And a teaching says, yes, ask me your questions. It's written in a way, kind of a little bit of an obscure way, so it will evoke questions because then you have something going on. You're talking to someone and they're asking you questions and you're answering the questions, bring up more questions, and suddenly you're involved in the Torah. And it says to be involved in the Torah, it's interesting, I just read it today, it says being involved in the Torah will stave off sickness. But at the same time, you know, feeling all this energy around uh, around us and in this nation and in this world makes it difficult to really focus on these things because you know generally when one lets go and delves into something that's just very beautiful and calming and deep you know uh you know one's like diving into a pool you know on a hot day of like cool water but you know, when you have to let go and, and also feel, you know, all of the uh, uh, anxiety that's like filling the air, you know, it's difficult to let go. And so I must admit, I spend a lot of time, wa you know, watching the news on the computer and, uh, uh, you know, trying to see and understand and be part of what's going on. And 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 the and the because the real strength, you know, of the human being, truth is our this ability to articulate words uh, into um, uh, you know to to articulate words into speech, uh, you know, thinking ideas into speech allows us to really look at what's going on in, in, in a deeper way. You know, if it was a, a you know, a general, you know, um, sickness, you know, like flus that we understand, these are things that we live with and they're just part of the nature. 
And, you know, uh, you know, it says, I forget how many, it's 39 or 40, I don't, I don't remember how many, but in the Talmud it says there are, you know, I, I think it's 39 different ways of death. And, and, and they go from taking a, uh, uh, a hair out of milk, that's how the soul releases from the physical, nice and easy. Or some are like pulling uh, burrs from the, uh, you know, from the uh, fur uh, from the from the wool of a of a sheep, and you can't do it without pulling out some of the flesh. And some people are like hanging on to the physical world; they don't want to leave. And you know, as a result, oftentimes they they have a more difficult, you know, path of you know of leaving. You know, many of us who are, you know, my age, I'm 75, that, that, you know, they feel like, you know, you know, if it comes, I'll go, you know, I mean, you got to go. And why would one want to go into a hospital and be all that turmoil and take up, you know, space and, 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 and supplies that are, you know, needed for younger people? As, you know, uh, someone asked an old man once, what uh, you know what uh death looked like being old and he said that when you get old it becomes very uh you know it, it becomes it, it, you know it's not such a fearful thing because you're close to it and you're getting ready to let go because one of the things nice about death is that all the pain stops and you know, all the noise stops, and you enter into a different realm. And I know that, you know, and this is not a matter of, you know, of what, what someone believes. That one has only to, uh, uh, to look around, you know, you know, at creation. And I, I think one of the, you know, just uh, most uh, obvious uh uh, uh, shit. Just one of the most obvious, uh, I can't think of the word I want, um, uh, expressions of that this world was created, is created by a creator, is seen in the eclipse of the moon over the sun, over the one planet that is profuse with life. Everywhere else we find not even an amoeba, and here it's everywhere. Everywhere they go, we don't expect life. It's cold, it's hot, you find life. This planet is alive, and this planet has a perfect eclipse of the sun, and that's impossible unless it was obviously put there. So we're on this planet that the creator of creation of all of the universe has, you know, uh, you know, has interest in our world and in our life, and everyone here is important, and therefore we should uh, help everyone. And one of the things that this, you know, one of the kind of the blessings of this plague, it stopped us from focusing on money and running this planet faster and faster until we're overheating. And focus now more on the community and their family and their friends and people are calling and talking. I haven't talked to in a long time. You got time. And, you know, maybe people start thinking, hey, you know, this is really more of what life is supposed to be, you know. 
and, and and you know it says like you know uh, uh you know being separate makes the heart fonder i'm not saying it right but there's a little saying like that that uh you know and it's true when people aren't allowed to really see one another face to face, you start realizing how important this is. And soon when this is over, people will enjoy, won't sort of take you know, it, it for granted so, so much. But, but, but we take life for granted. And we don't think about you know, what life is supposed to be because we've been taught from the time we were you know, a little child, I was taught, that was 75 years ago, about this big bang, this thing that just happened, and who, here we are, and it could happen other places, and therefore there's, there's aliens, and there's whatever you can think of could be, because, you know, it, it all can happen. As opposed to the Creator created this, and we are special. Every one of us is special upon this planet, and we only seem to feel that way when there's a catastrophe. Then we go help everyone. You know, we don't say you know you're not worth helping. And and, and now it's interesting that people are saying that obviously the, the you know the country can't, the government can't just keep you know feeding people money until this is over. We don't know when it's going to be over. And, and the question is now, is really, you know, what should the new jobs be? Should we go and try to recreate what has been, which is, uh, you know, a, a, a factory of making rich people? You know, whenever you see the stock market goes up, it means, you know, more rich people. And, and from my viewpoint, you know, we have an overpopulation of rich people who own too much and has made it very hard, has been on the back of other people who would just like to live and just have time to be with their families and, and, and to think and to do creative things that can really help the world that are not particularly businesses, you know, and, and, and to communicate and to take care of the, you know, of the sick and the wounded in our society. I mean, this should be the business of America. And, and we should certainly ramp down, you know, making wars and feeding, you know, the war machine so they can make more money. I mean, money seems to be made, you know, in war and, 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 and entertainment. And that's the, uh, uh, you know, that's not what life is about. It's not about going to war and it's not about being entertained. And we can see it in the perfection in the earth. And not only is there perfection, uh, like, you know, you know uh, uh, in how the earth aligns with the moon and the sun, but the earth itself is a big human being, meaning it has a body. And that the, the, these different, you can look at the globe, you know, as being a, uh, as being uh, uh, a body with limbs, you know, sort of like sunken into the embryonic uh, fluid, because we're yet to really open our eyes, you know, when, when the child is in the womb, the head is basically bent and turned off. And that's why, you know, in the depiction of the human body uh, in the globe, that the, um, uh, uh, the polar cap and, and uh, the uh, lobes of Scandinavia represent uh, the brain. 
has basically uh, turned off. I mean, though those are really, you know, uh, and it's interesting that you know it's in the news recently that this plague has not yet reached Antarctica. That's one place it hasn't gotten. But but the other six continents, it's there, and these six continents represent the body, and uh, uh, you can see in Eurasia the uh, really the torso, the shoulders, uh, the chest, like 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 this is the body, China, uh, India, uh, and this is where most of life is. And uh, uh, and it's interesting. Like on each side, you have you know England and Japan, or I should say Great Great Britain and Japan, and um, uh, and these are like the two hands. You know, you can see the arms sunken in the sea, and these are like the two hands. And these two hands, they're very very small countries, but both of them have like been able to go out and just like conquer the world. And, uh, and and then uh, you know you see the legs in um, uh, South America and uh, and Africa, and the sex because this is Mother Earth is the Mediterranean Sea, with a small opening at Gibraltar, and at the very end of it is is the land of Israel, Eretz Yisrael where all things are conceived, where the human being was conceived, the first human being, and the Jewish nation was born, you know, out of the sea when the sea parted and the nation became a nation when they left Egypt. And, uh, 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 and that's where everyone fights over this area. And then, uh, and, and what is left? Well, you have Canada, which is the back, which leaves America to be the buttocks, which is uh, represented particularly by the Mississippi Divide, which empties out at, um, uh, uh, at the end, you know, into the uh, Sea of, you know, of Mexico, whatever it's called. My geography is off. Anyway, the Gulf of Mexico. There you go, the Gulf of Mexico, and but nonetheless, even that might be considered the anus. Nonetheless, there's no question our asshole is in Washington D.C. But I don't really want to speak about politics because the whole idea of this transmission is to really bring something deeper uh, and more beautiful, bring light into the galut, bring the aleph. And the aleph also means to teach and, uh, and to teach something that is uh, elevated and, and, you know, will help the, the human being deal. Because, you know, what really assures us you know, when we live in chaos, there's nothing assuring about chaos. And oftentimes, you know, the way that, you know, these strong-armed people, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, the, not the technocrats, the autocrats, how they take over is they make chaos, and, and then they can come in because they're like the strong hand, and they can make order. And, uh, you know, and that's what the bully does. You know, he makes chaos and he says, everyone wants to be safe has to be with me. 
And, uh, but, you know, uh, but, but, but if you know that within the chaos, the chaos is within something that is orderly, like this is happening for a particular reason. It's not just something that just happens because the world doesn't just happen. And also, I just want to say that if we worked as a world together, like as one body, that, that, that we, you know, we wouldn't compete with one another. We would make everything where the people are, you know, in China and in India and, and, and the other parts of the world could do other things. You know, America is very good at innovating because, you know, in the end, everything comes into the buttocks. That's the end of the road. And, uh, uh, and therefore you get everything. It's the smelting pot, not just the smelling pot, it's the smelting pot where everything gets, you know, uh, uh, crammed in together and it comes out with something new. You know, you put this stuff in and it comes out as something new, not the same stuff you put in. And it took out all the good stuff and lets the body really grow. And we could do that as a nation. And we could help those countries who are producing stuff so they, you know, they don't pollute their air. And that all their people are fed. And, you know, maybe there's other people like in Europe who are really good at, like, you know, you know, uh, dis uh, distributing stuff, and they can see, just, you know, and 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 uh, you know, and and the, the the southern continents that they tend to be much more, you know, of heart and warmth and joy and dancing. And, uh, and, and and they could bring this, you know, they can bring that, you know, that aspect to the other parts of the world, which is, you know, very cold and like just, you know, what, what we have to do. We're supposed to work together as a world, but we can't really do that until someone, it behooves us it should be America, because we, you know, in Hebrew, America is Amrek, a, uh, an empty uh, people. One might think that's not such a nice, uh, you know, depiction of uh, of who we are, but really it is. You know, in the Talmud it says an empty vessel is a strong vessel. What does it mean that we're empty? We don't have like a long heritage, and the heritage we have is nothing we can be very proud of. You know, or bringing slaves and and fighting civil wars, and uh, I mean, you know, and the way we've done with the dealt with the indigenous people, we don't have a lot to be proud of, and you know, the best we can do is try to fix what has been done. But you know, and but that makes us really empty of any real tradition. You know, the traditions who came here and conquered these worlds are not really traditions we want to carry forward. And, uh, uh, and therefore we empty. And therefore we can change much faster than other peoples. And we're not just looking at it one way because we're a country of immigrants. So therefore we look at it in many ways. And, uh, uh, and, and that allows us to actually be able to try to synthesize a new way of life. And really what this time is giving us and what the, the, the blessing of this plague is that we can stop immediately the whole thing. Everything is just shut down. And, and the people, the masters you know, of war who have been working at this stuff for years and years and have it almost ready to go, to take the whole world, suddenly the whole thing's backing up in them and they, they're pleading with people, we know you want to go back to work. People do want to work, but they don't necessarily want to work at what you want them to work at. And the people are like, uh, you know, 
you know, they're, um, uh, you know, the person, people don't know, people are getting a taste of maybe, you know, working in their community and seeing while we've been going around the world, taking cruises, bring thousands of people into one destination, decimating the whole place, that our country has really been failing. I mean, people have been saying this for years, how the infrastructure is falling down. And now we see that they're, you know, we're supposed to be prepared. We're told that there are these stocks, you know, in, uh, not, not like stocks in the stock market, but there are stores of, of fuel and of emergency medical stuff. And we see that's not true, that, they, that they've lied to us. And instead, their focus has been how much money they can make, how fast the stock market can go up. And they're spinning the world so fast that the world is overheating and the ice poles are, are melting and the weather is changing and no one cares as long as they can make more money because once everything falls and there's disaster, they feel they can just buy it all up. Now, it own, now they own the whole world. But this, and so God has uh, helped us where we weren't able really to help ourselves. It's just too much. They, they have too much and they, they have too much power. So God said, you know, I'll give a little hand, gives us this little bug, and suddenly the whole thing, you know, you know, just falls apart. And we have to start thinking that, you know, you know, what's really precious in life? What is it? Well, what are the things that are just really precious in life? And certainly, you know, taking some cruise, cruise boat somewhere, being able to fly around the world in 10 minutes or go up into outer space because we've, we, we've exhausted all the possible pleasures here on Earth. Now we've got to go, go to outer space. Well, people on this Earth are just, just barely hanging on. So the whole, you know, gives us an opportunity to really look at that and start asking, you know, really, what is life about? And, 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 and you know, America is not used to seeing a lot of death here because we've fought all our wars somewhere else. But here, you know, we're seeing, you know, places that are very clustered together that, uh, and, and we see it happening in Spain and in Italy, you know, bodies piling up. Uh, we're not used to this, and we're used to kind of closing our eyes to death. And, you know, we really need to have a conversation about death because, you know, it's not death that's bad, it's dying that's hard. And, you know, to, you know, you know, it's interesting that in the world, God gave to us two countries, one who produces uh, opium, which is Afghanistan, and the other produces cocaine, which is Colombia. And these are two drugs that are needed in the world. Obviously, God gave them to us. And instead, again, for money, people made a war on drugs so they could get everyone addicted to Oxycontin. They could make them money. But, you know, we see what God made for us. made us this beautiful world, gave us places where there could be, you know, drugs so that, you know, if someone is, you know, is dying, they can be kept out of pain. You know, instead, if people think, you know, they're going to some horrible place after they die, they're going to just want to live as long as they can and use up as much resources as they need. And that is like really, uh, uh, I think, just an immoral thing to do. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, and, and people do that because they've been scared. So one of the things I feel I can offer, this is something I've been studying for years and years, I mean, I really understand heaven. Probably understand it better than I do earth. 
but 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 I, you know that there's so much written that is kind of indisputable and i'll just say give a little plug for myself that once i you know i have 20 years ago i wrote this manuscript and i realized in this manuscript a lot of things that i saw that i needed to predict because science had seen them yet and one of them was that they would find five moons around pluto and 10 years later they found five moons around pluto and 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 to me that you know Einstein when he wanted to prove that light was not just a ray but also reacted to gravity he said wait for the next eclipse and he got the next eclipse and because the moon exactly covers the sun they were able to measure that the light actually bent around the moon and therefore he was right and I feel that I predicted something that shows that there's actually structure in the in the in, in our solar it's actually in the whole universe and much of this is talked about in the book called Zohar which means brilliance which uh, uh, I, I, I'd like to talk about um, uh, a little bit after the commercial I'm gonna have a commercial break here uh, just so I can stop talking for a minute and um, uh, uh, and and then we'll go on and I can explain to you you know the great beauty I mean we, we have some you know some, some really far out books that the Jewish people need to share with the world to, to, to relax the world about really w what is the truth of the world and and that this is just one world and after this we go into another world and everyone goes there it's called heaven and it's truly a very nice place. And, you know, Earth has been very hard, and we get to relax there for some time. Anyways, I'm going to uh, uh, stop for a minute, and I'm going to bring you a little commercial, and then uh, we can talk about the Zohar. All right, thank you very much for listening. This is Galut Radio, and uh, uh, I'll return in a moment. Mm-hmm. 